0: Back, dear listener, and this is going to be a very special episode of For the Love of Sport podcast because it is a feature of one of the amazing interviews that we had at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We spoke with so many amazing people, and we wanted to bring these special bonus episodes as a nice little treat just for you, just for your ears, because it was too good to just kind of keep and let kind of sit there for you know months and months. It doesn't really make sense. So, Marie, did you? I mean, I had so much fun at that. I uh, did. It it was a blast. I
2: mean, mean, if you haven't been to this place, maybe you're not in the soccer world. It's like, think of your favorite thing. And then (laughs) thousands of people, this is also their favorite thing. And you're all there together talking about it, you know, seeing sessions, just, you know, being fully engulfed in soccer for a few days. uh, It was, it was super fun, super exciting. So yeah, we've got a, an all-star lineup that will be dropping throughout the course of the next Few months, I think, mm-hmm. and I would say, like a call out, Obviously, yeah. all of these people are experts in in their specific space in in soccer, but I think a ton of them have wisdom and takeaways that span yeah. across the far
0: beyond just for, soccer, sure. for sure. So it, applicable you know, for we, everything. Yeah, we
2: try to ask a few questions to pull it away from soccer. A lot. It's hard to it's hard to draw away from what you know so well and are super passionate about. But uh, we'll we'll maybe send out a little challenge to you, dear listener. Great. Pull away hey. something that's that maybe you can take back that's not necessarily related to, to soccer, but you can uh, bring it back to your specific sport or your specific passion in life.
0: A little homework. Why not? A little, a little homework just for you. That's what you want from yeah. your podcast, just, right? Some homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're welcome. You're welcome for your homework assignment. <laughs> All
2: right. With uh, that with that. Yep. Let's bring out a guest.
0: Let's bring out our guest. <laughs> We have an amazing guest here today, welcoming in Liam O'Connell, technical director of the USL. Liam, thank you so much for being here today on the For the Love of Sport podcast.
1: Of course, appreciate the opportunity to be here, Simon.
0: I want you to take me through your own U-Sport experience, whether first. that was like your first time actually like seeing a soccer ball or whether yeah. it was like the different sports you played growing up. How did you, how did you go from, from there to where you became here?
1: It's a good question. Winding it back. Uh, honestly, growing up, I was never an athlete necessarily, but I just played a lot of sports because I think my parents just wanted to fill with time in my <laughs> day. House. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, I was just a kid who played soccer in, in Massachusetts, soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, sure. baseball in, in the spring and, yep. you know, let them stay at work and give me something to do after school. Yep. And then honestly, in a funny way, I was never a tall person. So basketball, I stopped, people started getting better than me at basketball pretty fast Uh, So I didn't make like a JV basketball team. And so I started playing indoor soccer Mm. and then, and then I started playing. I wasn't really enjoying my baseball experience. So I started playing spring soccer and then summer soccer. And then I was just playing soccer year round. And then I was like, well, I'm playing soccer year round. I want to get good at playing soccer. So I started watching soccer, following soccer, like, truly becoming a fan of it a passionate follower of the game and then obviously that led to me looking into pathways where can soccer take me in life sure and i think that's probably the infancy of it all i fell in love as a player ultimately and then eventually as a coach yeah and i've just continued to find ways to make it as much part of my life as possible
0: were there moments when you were watching the game, and cultivating that love for the game, that kind of like unlocked, like okay, this is it, like this oh is what God, I want yeah. to do? <laughs> like was the there first, something that popped out? For
1: sure, it was the first year I was watching the Champions League. It was the 0405 year. It's my first time tuning into European yeah. global soccer, right? So, a the level was incredible, but it was the 0-5 Champions League final, AC Milan versus Liverpool. Oh man, I was I wasn't wouldn't even call myself a Liverpool fan at the time, but I remember like they were down three nil at halftime. A, they come back to win at three three, but then to see in Istanbul, Turkey of all places, yeah, thousands of Liverpool fans after the game, like I'm in chills thinking about it. Yeah, right? You know, know. singing your "You'll Never Walk Alone" <laughs> yeah. after the oh, game, yeah. after coming oh, yeah. back from three three, winning in penalties, yeah. like no business doing that. And I was like, wow, like uh-huh. you don't, you just don't see that passion and level of intensity in American sports. Mm-hmm. And so that really like dealt, made me want to then have a passion for like, why can't we have that experience here in American sports? Yeah which has fueled some other ambitions of my soccer yeah, career. I was just going to say, <laughs> right, yeah. that's a,
2: a really nice transition, obviously, because, you know, technical director at, at the USL doing a ton of work to do exactly what you just said, right? The US has a long, maybe historically has had a long way to go to get to the, like, the same status, if you will, of European soccer and, and other nations. So obviously it might feel like we're, we're inching closer and maybe getting to a tipping point where we are we're there. We've got the passion. We've got the athletes. Can you maybe talk about the work that you're doing at the USL to help fuel that growth and help fuel the US to to get to that tipping point, if you will?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, that's really my ambition with my career is I want to help us as a country grow the game and potentially like fulfill our potential. Yeah, in yeah. footballing soccer nation. And so the role I have today and why I think the role I have today as technical director aligns with that personal ambition i have is i do think i'm influencing countless communities Mm -hmm. and creating better player development pathways and better environments within these communities for players to individually reach their potential right and if we have more players pushing themselves further that's likely going to increase the chance that we have more players playing for the national team or competing for national team spots at higher levels making us more competitive and frankly like we know how american sports work Mm -hmm. if we win the people oh, yeah. will follow, yes. right? Oh, yeah. So, like, we want this to become one of the most preeminent sports in this country. Winning a World Cup will do that pretty fast. <laughs> in the U.S., maybe. Dar- oh, I yeah, mean, yeah, why
2: yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not do it? Why not?
0: Why not? I mean, well, how close are we to to getting there? I think there's conversations I've had with passive you know, fans of soccer, like I was explaining to a bunch of friends, like this is the most dangerous U S team we've had in a long time. We have a lot of kids who have actually been playing in Bundesliga and premier league and like, are actually like doing really well. They're young, but they are a dangerous team. So this is the team that you want to watch. And then they came away from it. And, you know, I've had friends who are just, like, Oh, it's still just, so, just so disappointing. They can't, why can't we beat these freaking countries? I'm like, well, the reason why is because this is all they do. All they do is this sport. This is their, major sports. So how close are we to becoming that, that kind of national power here in the U S
1: it's a moving target that's for sure. It's it's hard to predict because the game is constantly evolving and is very unpredictable and how it will continue to evolve. But I actually do think we're truly like at a tipping point. Mm -hmm. I really, really do feel that way. And, and I think that applies to the women's space as well. Right. Like, and I think we have to keep evolving both on the men's women's boys, girls side because the women's game is evolving with it, but I do think we're at the tipping point, especially looking at the men's side specifically at the youth level, we are finally starting to replicate the experience you see in other countries. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah. The goal is you progress your best athletes into teenage athletes into men's and women's football, as soon as developmentally appropriate, even sometimes if it's a little stretching them outside their comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. And that's, what's going to accelerate our best players to reach heights that we've never had American soccer sure. to reach I personally would. So
2: you're saying Messi wasn't on his U18 <laughs> team until he was 18? He maybe they maybe
0: believe, decided believe it or
1: not, to
2: move him up a
1: Believe little. it or not their coaches chose to put his individual development over the success of their <laughs> yeah. teams ah, at each level. So okay. <laughs> I think if we can all accept our responsibility yeah, in that Sure we can progress sure and uh, yeah (laughs) obviously
2: you know the work you're doing is is in the youth game and and you've you know when we talked to you previously talked about you like untangling the youth game in the u.s right like i think for us who are deep in this sport and have been around for a while kind of know it's gone through its stages where people in this industry are doing their best like because we love the game because we think we can get there can you maybe Talk a little bit for you know, we've got our, moms, our moms. Yeah, our, our moms, moms, moms are, are definitely listening. listening. Yeah. That might need a little background of like where has the youth game been yeah, yeah. And, and where is it today and how has that change occurred in in all
0: that sort of feel stuff. Feel free to address them, Becca and Joan. feel free to address them. Directly. <laughs> 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 you got it, you got it, moms, soccer
1: moms that are tuned. Like soccer in today. moms out there <laughs> <here> to, across <laughs> the world. Liam no, no, is listen. Here. So I like I hope this makes sense. In the past, it's kind of like the point I just made. In the past and through a lot of other traditional American right. sports, you yeah. define success. Based on team-based results, based on building teams that compete within these typically six to twelve-month timeframes. Yeah, but if we're doing a long-term player development program, that's a very sh- those are all short-term measurables and goals that you're really build, sure. putting all your work and effort into. And at the end of the day, whether it's getting recruited for college or getting right. recruited for the pros or a national team, no whole team. Goes to the next level together.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: The next level evaluates individual talent. Sure. So if the people at the bottom who are pushing those kids to the next level aren't thinking about what's best for the individual talents, and that's not first and foremost at the front of their mind all the time, then we're not ultimately doing this. And so because of that dynamic, yeah. right within youth club soccer and the pay-to-play scene, because of that dynamic of team-based results being the priority. Clubs and parents inherently look for the competitions that they want their kids' teams to win, which is why you've created this really messed up environment where it's MLS next versus ECNL versus US club versus US youth. And I'll be frank, like they're all very similar, Mm they all have good and bad things. But also, it's like in some communities, the ECNL club is significantly better than the MLS club. Sure. In some communities, it's the opposite. Yeah. And so, my advice and what I'm optimistic about now that you see professional clubs and mls and usl starting to put feelers out into their community and and a lot of them be agnostic to ecnl almost next to these youth leagues right right is is a parent and player shouldn't be looking for what competition will my kid be playing in today Mm -hmm. it's what pathway is that team or club putting my kid on right so like look at the usl academy space right so in um the greater tampa bay market just last night we announced a new league two team sarasota paradise
0: Love nice. well, right. that name. Nice. Great name. Oh, yeah. Very cool, right? So they're going
1: to be very cool logo. Even <laughs> yeah. cool logo. I was going to say that. You imagine the sick jerseys sickier. are <laughs> sickier.
0: like yeah.
2: quick call to USL jerseys there. The best jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. The for yeah, Ford Madison Flamingos <laughs> yeah. have three.
0: Incredible. So <laughs> Incredible. Minneapolis City, big shout out to those oh, guys. Yeah. They do a great Adam job. Adam.
1: I'll try to get you guys some paradise yes. gear. I actually yeah. have a meeting with their, their director tomorrow okay. So Amazing. For, for dinner. So perfect example, right? They're going to have a men's and women's amateur side, right? That will eventually have USL Academy Pathways for boys and girls in the sphere or so to Bradenton area, right? right? It's about an hour south of Tampa, St. Pete. In Tampa, you're going to have the Rowdies, mm-hmm. championship men's pro team that will have their USL Academy boys program up and running in the next year or two. You know, also have Tampa United, which has decades of history of producing college yeah. and pro players. They have men's and women's league, too, W, right? And so now, if you're a parent in the Tampa Bay market, it's a little clearer what that pathway is, too. It doesn't yeah. matter who's playing what league. It's that if you're in the Rowdies pathway, which is going to be more exclusive, you're there because you're trying to jump college and go direct to the pros. Mm, Right. Mm -hmm. If you're, but then you might realize like, if I'm going to be, if I'm bottom of the roster or the depth chart in the Rowdies Academy, and I don't really have an opportunity to realistically go direct pro, it might be better for me to go to one of those league two outlets in Sarasota Sarasota or TDU, where where I'm going to probably play more in that, in whatever youth league they're in, be promoted faster into their men's or women's amateur team. Yep. And then that might also be my leapfrog to eventually circle back to the pros or sure. get a college opportunity. So that's that's what I'm excited about is like we're trying to just clear that mess up. doesn't matter what league you're playing in, so long as you understand what pathway it's putting you on.
0: I think so. What what sort of things can 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 parents look for if they're if they're looking to for that path? Like they recognize their kid. This is something they're passionate about. They they want to go down that path, however, wherever that ends up. Are there resources out there? Are there are there things that you suggest to kind of just look to? Are there websites? Like, what would you, what would you recommend as a good starting spot?
1: Oh, good shout. I mean, I definitely start. We have a website, usl-academy.com. And we, going forward, I think in, within the next one to two years, we're actually going to be publicly ranking our programs. Oh, wow. Okay. So that it's even clearer. So it's sure. not even about like, okay, I have to look up, Do they, does their pathway end with an amateur or pro setup sure. or right. level of pro? So they're going to, because this is the other thing too, is you might have an amateur setup, that actually is in, has a fully funded program and is invested more and in has more competitive players than maybe a, a pro setup up in a smaller market. Right. And so we are going to try to be almost like more public facing and presenting this academy as level one versus two, three, it's more likely to be fully funded with a greater, with a, to be level one. They also have a history of player production. That's always a big one. Right. So yeah. every club is selling just like every restaurant is selling. We have the best burger <laughs> yeah, in town. Yeah. Like, so, but question them, why? Why are you really the best club? How many players have you produced that have gone to college that have played professionally that are playing at a high level? Like that should be, again, the measure of success, not how many youth championships have you won. Sure. Yeah. Right.
2: It's putting the the player at the center of everything, which Correct. So, when you think, when you say it out loud, you're like, well, of well, obviously. course, that's I what we're doing. I want to
1: progress my child yeah. as far as they can in their career. So yeah. what? give me your proof of concept. How many individuals have you actually progressed and how far did you progress them? Yeah. That's what should give, that's those are the questions sure. the parents should be asking.
2: Sure. Interesting. A little um,
0: different. Well, I guess, so, uh, appreciate that. I mean, really anything we can bring back to parents, to organizations, to admins, to coaches is really the goal uh, of the podcast. Anything to enhance the youth sport experience. I think to also maybe set some expectations or give more of a, a, a visual into to what this looks like. Can you talk about, What do elite players look for in their development experience? Like if I'm like top tier, I'm not anymore. I'm a a 35 year old ex goalie, not a thing anymore. But let's say I am (laughs) at that top level. What are the kind of things that you look for in that development experience?
1: Now more than ever, it is individual attention. Right. So like even within USL Academy, we have a a minimum standard that a club has to have a documented IDP, individual development plan. Oh, wow. One that is actually shared amongst the staff, the player and the parents, much like a report card, right, where we're measuring the development of the player based off the positional profile we want you to be in. Sure. What I just described right there does not even presented in most youth team structures. Part of that's bandwidth thing. It takes a lot of time and energy and effort to do that. But like, that's a big one, I think, right? Because elite players have now more than ever have different options options to pick from. from. So again, again, I think it's it's one, one. what are you giving me as an individual player, not how good is the team that I'm joining and how much are we going to win, right? right? And And same question that the parents should be asking. Give me examples that give me confidence that you know what you're doing when you say you're going to help me get a college opportunity or look with the pros. Right. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, again, like trying to determine and this is something where I think players need to also start to take some ownership over their own goal setting. Yeah. Right. And to have some self-awareness to really think, okay, how good am I really? And what's a realistic goal for me as a player? Right. And then does the club or team I'm entertaining joining? do their coach and their environment align with my personal ambitions. But again, like some players also aren't realistic about those goals. And And that's, I feel like tough. those
2: conversations can be, can be really tough with certain players and just generally people. But I think it's an important like life lesson outside of just the game of soccer. Of like when you grow up and, you know, eventually like, realistically, not everyone's going to go play pro. You're going to go on to have a different career. You're going to be follow your own passion, whatever that may lead you, but you're also going to want to set goals, be realistic with where you're going. And all of those things can help them become a better person and learn those skills Learn failure, learn whatever else oh, yeah. comes with that. That's really cool. So, what is obviously the USL is growing rapidly, and it's you know definitely across the US. There's you know teams and academies and systems all over. But there's obviously a large number of organizations, maybe who just have like like rec teams or local communities. What are some things that those types of organizations can do to kind of take what you're saying and instill some of this um, individualized approach? Obviously, knowing they don't have the the full bandwidth to maybe do the full thing. But what are just some things? that they can bring and and try to implement to, to, to get to that point.
1: Perfect. Great question, honestly. So good news is another standard. we ran <laughs> into our USL Academy membership agreements yeah. is that our clubs have to have what we call a youth network. Okay. So again, yes, we're doing this top-down approach, right? Yeah. So it might just be like the Rowdies might literally just have their U20 USL Academy League yeah. team, but we're going to require that in order for them to step into the youth space and inevitably have some sort of ripple effect
2: because it's going to happen. They're going yeah. to yeah. take away
1: the top twenty high school age players, top twenty thirty high school age players away from their full time club environments to some degree. Some will be shared. Some are going to full time into the first team and drop down. Some will be part time in their academy and go back to their youth team. But there will be some level of disruption, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's additive. Obviously, based on the way we start. So, so, in an effort to actually make it additive, part of that requirement is a youth network. The Rowdies, obviously, they were smart enough to lead with this. So they've, over the past three, four years, been building the Rowdies Youth Network. Nice. That Rowdies Youth Network, any youth club in the entire greater area can sign on as an affiliate, as the state association also does. Mm -hmm. And it creates a mutually beneficial relationship where members of those clubs in the network get discount access to camps, cool. to to oh, wow. little to toddler early childhood ed programs, if that's the entry point, right? To attend games, to experience the game and grow a passion for the game as a fan, yeah. right? To that's go really to cool. coaching education. So this, the coaching staff of the Rowdies every spring and fall hosts at their stadium, a coaching education for literally parent coaches. And they bring out demo teams of younger rec kids nice. to just say, We're going to give you some of the stuff that works for us. We're going to take open floor question and answer, right? And again, now it's, they're giving back to the community before they're asking to take from it. Sure.
0: Which I think is key.
1: So so my advice to any organization or community leader that sees a USL senior team, men's, women's come to town is like, know that we're encouraging them, pushing them, requiring them to get out and find ways to create mutually beneficial relationships. Sure. Right. Like at sporting, we did a partnership with all the YMCA's of greater Kansas City. Oh, cool. Called them. We rebranded it to Sporting Tykes. (laughs) All we wanted was their membership info so we could email them info about becoming a fan. And in exchange, when I was younger, I would show up with a player and we just walk and walk the fields. The kids would get to meet a player, take a team photo with them, Mm -hmm. create a lasting memory that maybe motivates them further on in their soccer career. And so that's That's where, again, this concept of raising tides raise all boats, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. that we Boy, are yeah. we can collectively grow the game, but we have to do that in partnership. Yeah.
2: And it's the beauty of, I mean, soccer, of course, but like you sports generally are a community connector, right? They connect communities, they connect people. You could be of any walk of life, any beliefs, anything. And it's usually a game or sports. Soccer is a beautiful one, of course. We're all big fans of soccer, uh, and it does it so well, but it connects people and it creates community. And, and to hear that you guys are, you know, almost requiring people to do that. Like that's the way we grow the game. That's the way the U.S. gets to where we need to be. That's yep. how we get across the tipping point. But that's
0: also how you provide the best experience for your players too, is connecting with those, those major organizations because they can provide you teachings and coaching yeah. lessons and, and resources and just support to, mm-hmm. to, well, to provide beauty, that to your players.
1: That's the beauty of USL's footprint and yeah. the level at which we're going. So think about like, this, is, and this is why I'm so passionate about the role I have now, right? So when I was at Sporting Kansas City for seven years, I was creating this affiliate network. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah. Connect the grassroots level of the game into this pro setup. But, but, but at the time, I was on an island in the middle of the country. <laughs> there was no one in Minnesota or Nashville yeah. or St. Louis. Yep. So I'm yeah. not kidding. There was and there Coast, was no East club Coast. within an eight-hour drive time radius, one out, 16-hour round Gosh. trip. Denver, Dallas, eight, eight, Chicago, eight. Those are the closest MLS clubs. But that was an opportunity. Yeah. So I was going out spreading the gospel of sporting, right? <laughs> going to Omaha and Nashville and Minnesota yeah. and St. Louis and Wichita and some of. And but now this is the best part. I still have all those same relationships in Bentonville, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in Omaha, Nebraska. But now in Omaha, Nebraska, we have Union Omaha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Crushing. Some of the, yeah, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Some of those yeah. people are still traveling down to be season ticket holes or sporting yeah that's but awesome. now there's that to your point view, there's that many more people in the community engaged mm. and with an accessible local soccer outlet mm-hmm. right yeah and i remember real quick i'll tell you this last story is like at our first ever academy cup event we had union omaha come and bring an all-star team yeah. there There's this kid that i remember we looked at, at like a you know sporting camp years ago sure. yoke star galvin He's from a small high school outside of Omaha. He gets to join this fully funded Academy Cup all-star team. that The head coach at the time of the pro team was leading. Oh, and we cool. did a video interview with him after during the <laughs> tournament. And he's like, he's interviewing. And he's like, what? what did you think of this tournament? He goes, I just thought it was cool. We could get out of Nebraska and maybe be in here with my friends. We'll get seen by like a D2 or a D3 <laughs> school or maybe a D1 school. <laughs> yeah. And the interviewer goes, or maybe go pro and you can see like a glint in his eye like He's something like, changes about yeah. him you yeah. want to something yeah. he signed as their first pro in history <laughs> last year oh that is such <laughs> His I, whole choice right now was yeah. changed. <laughs> that's
2: so cool and yeah
1: his before that his pipe dream was maybe D2, D-2, D-2? Yeah. in yeah. the midwest yeah. yeah and he just Went, excuse me went to a camp last told you dude at least <laughs> yeah, once you he just he just right, went to you right. just went to a camp last summer with the Guatemala U20s oh that wow. is unbelievable life that's has amazing. changed yeah, you yeah. know and like that's why i believe in this because i'm not saying we want to take away the business from the big bad right. markets but we still need outlets in these smaller communities and a reason yeah. for kids to say there is a pathway for me at home yeah. if i don't make it leaving home i can come back and still chase that dream yeah you know
0: yeah i love that I pre- that's a great story. I appreciate you like being here and providing this insight, especially just to you know our listeners and and to us. And, and it's great to see the growth of USL. And I think something that you know I I took away is that can be maybe a, a misconception is like I need to put my player on the best team. I was like that's not the case because the team doesn't go pro; players go pro. Best team you need to for put them. Your, Yeah put them on the best team for them that's going to help focus on them to help them grow individually because this, this isn't the mighty ducks you know, like <laughs> one <laughs> team from Minnesota doesn't get to represent the US with like four ragtag kids yeah, 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 it's, yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, individuals themselves so it's it's good to to keep keeping uh, keep in perspective i think it's time for this or that. Rapid fire, this or that. Uh, I forgot we were it. doing this. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so, <laughs> that's right. So, eight questions. All right. Right at a rapid fire pace. We need rapid fire answers. Okay. So no thinking. Okay. Got reactions only. Ready to go. Let's try it. All
1: right.
2: All right. Ready? Soup or nachos?
0: Nachos. Couch or recliner? Couch. When, you are-
2: <laughs> when you're putting cups away in the cupboard, are they right side up or upside down?
1: Upside down so the dust doesn't collect inside the cup. <laughs> I love the reasoning.
0: GIF or JIF? How's it pronounced?
1: GIF?
2: Yeah, there you go. Any questions? Best halftime snack, orange slices or Capri Sun?
1: Orange slices, a little healthier.
0: Would you rather score off a direct kick or a corner kick score?
1: Direct kick over Olympica.
2: Okay, oh, yeah, fair enough. To win the game, would you rather be scoring the penalty kick or saving it?
1: scoring. No <laughs> question. Sorry, goalkeeper. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm with
1: you. Don't worry.
0: All right. Let's imagine that LeBron James didn't go basketball. Yeah. He picked up a soccer ball instead at a very early age and has progressed. Where are you placing him on the field? Nine. Striker, yeah, striker. right? away. Target, why not? Yeah. yeah. For our moms, the nine is a striker position. <laughs> Look, he scores all the goals. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Hold yeah. A little hold up
1: play, like, yeah. a lot to keep the ball up front. You know, you yeah. we can we've change had, from being yeah. direct to playing through the thirds. So,
0: okay. We've gotten, we've gotten almost position. every position. Oh yeah.
2: She and could... one person just said, I would just send him to the coin toss and hopefully <laughs> yes. just scare the other team away right away. So, Interesting you know, answer. Interesting you see, answer. I mean, LeBron is listening.
1: I, I, love know he so their, music. I love how that was their rapid fire answer. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> like, they'd thought about that question before. It was <laughs> joke, <so. laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Uh, Liam, thank you so
2: much uh, for taking the time. Uh, we appreciate you. This was a ton of fun. Thanks thank for you being on. So
0: much. We appreciate it. Cool. Absolutely.
2: You know what I did, Simon? For the first time in a very, very long time. Mm, what? I went to a real movie theater oh and saw an actual movie on a big screen with some some people. There were other people Ooh. there too. Oh my
0: god! It's been a minute for it's sure. Been a
2: minute. <laughs> it's been a minute, and it was a great experience. The movie was great. I mean, the popcorn always great.
0: Ooh, always great.
2: Candy. The candy you choose, raisinets. I would mm. never eat a raisinet unless I'm at a movie theater. Regardless.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, get it. Same
2: experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all great, but the best part is that I hate waiting in lines. So oh, yeah. I got my tickets beforehand on Fandango and it was fantastic.
0: Oh my gosh. That's such a game <laughs> shot me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. No, it was great. I don't have to worry about it. I hate waiting in lines. I had yeah. my tickets. I went and got my popcorn, went in the movie theater. It was perfect. So I'm gonna give our listeners a little uh little pro tip here.
0: Okay. Yeah. Think they're ready. Hack? Yeah, go yeah. for it.
2: Hey, grab a movie ticket on Fandango. You're sick of hearing us talk. So go treat your (laughs) eyes to a movie and you can find times, buy the tickets to your favorite theater, your theater closest to you all on Fandango.com. It's fast and easy. You can do it on the app or like I said, go to Fandango.com, get those tickets, get out to the movies, enjoy yourselves.
0: Oh man. I mean, I'm so happy we get to just release these little bite-sized conversations uh, out to our listeners. We hope that you enjoy them too, because I know we've had such amazing conversations and it's just, they're too good just to keep under a lid. So we're just going to, we're throwing them out there to you. It might be not the regular format, but you know what? Just, you get to hear from us more. Yeah. That's the deal. So we hope so, you enjoy Sorry
2: that. ahead of time, but you know what it's like? <laughs> it's like when you put your hand out for a high five and yeah. you're like, maybe you get yeah. the high five back. Maybe not. This is what we're doing. We're throwing out a high five. Let us know if we made made impact or not. (laughs) Uh, But but with that, this has been another episode of For the Love of Sport brought to you by Sports Engine, the home of U
0: sports. As always, feel free to send an email out to us at FTLOSpod, that's For the Love of Sport Pod, at NBCUni.com. We'd love to hear from you, dear listener. Don't shy away from asking or posing a question to us because if we don't know, the odds are that the guest that's on absolutely will.
2: For the love of sport is brought to you by Sports Engine. Like I said, the home of you sports hosts are the amazing, wonderful, witty, guitar playing whoa. Simon McKenzie. Oh, hey, whoa, he's got guitars, man. <laughs> and that's why I said that. And uh, me, Marie Fitzgerald, our marketing guru is Kelsey Irwin, our captain of content marketing is Rob Badeau. A new edition special shout out our intelligent intern, oh, Joe Brzonik. He's getting in on the, the old podcast. And our exceptional sound engineer is Troy Stone. We will be back very shortly with a new episode. Bye.
1: NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or Lending Partner Banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.
2: Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair as you watch the world go by. Good
0: afternoon.
2: Which is why at Delta, our
0: people do our best to make you feel at home long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing.